Hey, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message that was recorded live at Redemption Church in Crossville, Tennessee. We're excited about all the amazing things God is doing here on the plateau. So for more information, visit our website, CrossvilleRedemptionChurch.com. You know, in Psalms, David said, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I want to encourage you today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, religion, philosophy, man, the humans, human thought, human reason. It's robbed us of the reality of God's presence when He isn't some cosmic being in outer space. He's not something that is, or someone, or He's not something that is unknowable and inexperienceable. But today He's very real. And I want to tell you that I know He's real because I've, I've experienced His presence. I've seen some of the most beautiful sights that the world has to offer. The Lord's blessed me to be able to see some of that. Just a little bit of it. To do what the world says is fun. I've done a little bit of that. But I want to tell you that in my 45 years of life, I've never experienced anything like being in His presence. I've never experienced anything like being in His presence. Like when, when the reality of that cosmic being comes into your world, it changes things. It's very real. It's very knowable. It's very perceivable. David said, taste and see. This morning I want to encourage you. You see, the problem is sometimes we vacillate. We're torn. We want a taste of the Lord, but we want to keep a little bit of the world in our mouth as well. Come on now. Or, I mean, is that just me? You guys don't have that problem, right? No, but the Lord is saying, come in. Quit bouncing back and forth. Quit bouncing back and forth and, and, and make that solid, firm commitment to chase after Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. You guys can be seated. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And it's good to have you guys here this morning. 
I know I've said this before, but it, it's just so much better speaking to a live audience. Those block walls, they just don't do much for me. Uh, yes, we're going to dismiss the toddlers. Um, and so, listen, parents, before we dismiss the toddlers, the toddler class, it's for three to five, not 10 years old or eight years old, all right? Because uh, there is someone who is sacrificing their time to be in here and be a part of this service to watch those kids out of the goodness of their heart. And so we're not going to take advantage of that. We're going to honor that. And so uh, in here, older kids, three to five-ish, you know, if they're five and a half, six is getting borderline. But, you know, if they're somewhere in there, I mean, that's good. That's what it's for. But, but no older kids. Do you... Do you guys really want to move into the crazy things that God has? Yes. You know, history is filled with stories. And, and we, in the church world, we call, it, we call them revivals or awakenings. But, but if you hang around with me long, you'll find out that I'm the most unreligious person that you will probably encounter. And even in the charismatic world, I've found there's a lot of religion. You know, I mean, we all can get religious, and I'm not religious, but I'll tell you this, that's what I want. I want the Lord. I told you earlier, I have experienced, I've tasted the presence of the Lord, and I want that. I want it every day, every second of my life. I believe, that it's a, I believe that's an attainable goal, um, and so I'm believing God for, for, for that, for me, for you, for us, and for this town. I believe God wants to do something unique in Crossville. And He wants to do it through a bunch of people who aren't qualified but believe that God can move through them, right? Uh, and we have a bunch of people. Listen, we're just a bunch of ragamuffins here. Uh, so if you have a modeled past, if you're, you know, if you, if you are a little sketchy, then welcome home. Uh, that's all I can say. We, we try to bury the sketchy man. Uh, we, try to, we try to bury him and, and move into the new creatures, but the reality is, is that there are a lot of people sitting in here today who have a sketchy past. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes that clean, that, that sets us, that, that we can declare, hey, the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But I want to ask you today, and I'm, going to, I'm really going to challenge you because you see in church sometimes what's happened is, is that we're used to coming in here and, and we get these really good, feel-good messages and, and, you know, we get all pumped up. But the reality is, is that God wants to change the environment of our life. God wants to change the environment. He wants to change the mentality and the mindset that we live Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Okay, so, so if you think, you're, if you think you're, you're beat down, if you think you're weak, if you think all of those things, then guess what? You're all of those things. But if you start believing in your heart what God says about you, then you're going to become those things. You're going to, on my wall, I don't know if some of you guys... We moved offices down here, and so we're still in the process of remodeling. But in my office, 
I have a scripture, and we're going to read it this morning. It's Joshua chapter 1. And the Lord tells Joshua, He says, Be strong and courageous. Right? He says, This is why. He didn't say, Joshua, be strong and courageous because you are strong and courageous. He says, But because the Lord your God is with you. And so all of a sudden, I realized that for me to believe that I, who I am, then I'm just believing that He is who He is. And, and on my wall, I wrote, I have four things. You're welcome to stop in there and take a look at them. And in front of those, I wrote the word fierce. I don't want to just be strong. I want to be fiercely strong. I don't want to just be courageous. I want to be fiercely courageous. I wrote on there, uh, one of mine is loyal. I want to be fiercely loyal. I want to be fiercely loyal to my wife. I want to be fiercely loyal to, to, the, to, the, to the people who we're pushing into the kingdom with. But the Lord is calling us to, to move into a new realm. And that requires a new mindset. It requires a new lens. I'm going to read this. Faith, uh, we read this last week. I'm reading, this is out of the introduction of Corey Tim Boone, Tramp for the Lord. Faith is like radar which sees through the fog. The reality of things at a distance that the human eye can't see. God has called you to look beyond the, the things that you see in your immediate surroundings. Amen. Because as we look beyond that, we press on. You know, they say shoot for the stars and you might reach the clouds, right? We're believing God for big things. Listen, I want to reach this town for Crossville, uh, for, for God. I want to reach Crossville. I want to reach Cumberland County. There are 60,000 people in this town, roughly, give or take, 60,000. And you guys, some of you guys know, I've asked God for 10% of that. 10%. That's just 10%. Faith is like the radar which sees through the fog, the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. And then I'm going to read you this. Uh, actually, hey, Chris, do we have that ready? I'm going to show you. We're going to show you a little video right here real quick. God's side of the picture. You know, I like to sometimes quote a poem that I learned in America. My life is like a weaving. Between my God and me, I do not choose the colors. He works steadily. Oft times he weaves sorrow, and I, in foolish pride, forget he sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the room is silent and the shuttle ceases to fly will God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the synth, in the skillful weaver's hands, than the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. God has no problems, only plans. There's never a panic in heaven. 
Thank you. There's never a panic in heaven. Guys, that's classic stuff right there. That's my hero. I mean, other than Jesus, that's my hero right there. That's Corey Ten Boom. That was when she was still alive. And uh, she was reading, uh, she read this, uh, this the, the, the poem. And then I'm going to skip over to where we finished up last week. And I'm going to talk, you know, Corey Ten Boom, the thing she says is that she, for, for her, her family were uh, smuggling Jews out of Germany. They were, they were smuggling the Jews into safe places out of these countries where Hitler was chasing them down and killing them. And so there, her family was betrayed. There was a guy who was a traitor and he came and posed as a Jew needing help to get out of the country. And um, then so, and she give him, they, the family give him all the money that they had to, to, to fund his, what he told them he needed to do to get out of the country. And then the next day, they were, the, the uh, German police came and arrested them. The guy had taken all of their money, lied to them, betrayed them, and then turned them in. And so her family was arrested. They were sent to prisons. Uh, her fa every, almost everyone in her family died in prison. Her dad, her sister. But uh, they were in, in a prison in Holland for a certain number of months. Uh, and the whole time she was there, she prayed and she said, God, please don't send me to Germany. Please don't let them take me to a German, uh, to a German prison camp. And then lo and behold, one day, guess what happened? The train pulls up and they start herding these women into a train to transport them to Ravensbrück, which was a women's concentration camp. It was a notorious death camp. Uh, almost 100,000 women were, were killed there. Uh, in just a short period of time, about 18 months, 18 to 24 months, I think, a very short period of time. Uh, and so she found herself the very place where she had prayed not to be, in a very dark place, a very hopeless place. Listen, there's no hope there in the natural. And then this is where we concluded last week's, and it says, So Betsy and I came to our, our barracks at Ravensbrook, before long, we were holding clandestine Bible study groups for an ever-growing group of believers. And Barracks 28 became known throughout the camp as the crazy place where they hope. Yes, hoped. In spite of all that human madness could do, we had learned that a stronger power had the final word, even here. And I want to tell you that today in your life, God wants you to have the settled, the settled understanding that He is the higher power that has the last say. I don't care what everything, I don't care what it looks like today. He sits as king. He sat as king over the flood. And He sits as king today over our life. And if we're going to be the people, listen, if we're going to be the people who carry hope, you know, we've got this banner out here on the, on the canopy that says hope lives here and, and we all have t-shirts and, and, and it says hope lives here. But listen, it's not just some catchy hashtag or slogan, but it is a reality that as believers, when you understand who God is and who you are, that He died on the cross to bring you into His family so that He could impart His DNA into you, right? 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And, and, and I don't know how to explain it. Listen, I can't, ex I can't sit here and give you some detailed explanation of how it works. But I know that when I come to the cross and I confess my sin, that I make Jesus the Lord of my life, the very DNA of God starts working itself into me and I am a new creature. In that idea, listen, all of us, all of us become the carriers and the catalyst of hope in the midst of the human madness. And, and I used to follow the news really close, and I don't follow it as closely now, but you know, almost every single day I see something about North Korea. And they're going to bomb, how they're going to bomb us. I see, I see fighting of political parties. I see all of this junk, and I think, is there hope in the midst of the human madness? And there, there is, and it's your job and it's my job to carry that hope. So this morning, I'm gonna, we're going uh, to uh, jump into a couple of things, and I'm just going to encourage you guys. I'm going to tell you some things that's going on. Um, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. And verse 3 says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. The Lord has given, God wants to give you ground. God wants to give you things. And, and when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about spiritual things. Listen, Brian, stand up for just a minute. Man, I can't tell you how proud I am of this guy. I'm put, totally putting him on the spot here, but <clears throat> hey, he's coming up on two years of clean, two years of uh, <clears throat> two years of chasing hard after the Lord, and God has done some amazingly cool things in he and Kendra's life, and he's not done for sure. But I want to tell you that, that all of that didn't happen randomly. All of that didn't happen randomly. And I'm, I don't mean to put Brian on this spot, but I want you to see how things work. I started praying for that guy. Now, he, didn't, he, don't, he, didn't, he don't even know that I... I mean, he kind of does sort of know. But we sent, I sent this message, and I'm like, hey, to the paint guy, there's this mutual guy. And I'm like, have Brian call me. And so he shows up, and all of a sudden... The Lord set something into motion. What I want you to know is, is that what God set into motion, it was birthed in prayer and expectation. It was birthed in prayer and expectation. Thank you, Brian. Man, I'm proud of you, Brian. I'm proud of Kendra. I'm, I mean, their family, what God's done. It's amazing. Two years is a big deal. It's a big deal. 
uh, and not just two years, uh, I mean, two years of chasing after the Lord. And so um, God tells Joshua here, he says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you. And, and I, I run. You guys know that I run a lot. I couldn't tell you how many hundreds, maybe 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 miles I've ran in this town on the streets in Crossville and Cumberland County. And every time I run, I pray. And I said, Lord, let your spirit and your presence sweep through this town. Let people who are struggling with addiction, let them be free. Let them know what it feels like to live life free. People that are bound, people that are sick, let them know what it feels like to live life free. Every day we're praying for it. Every day we're praying for it. I want you to grab a hold of this. Uh, I want you to grab a hold of this verse because we're going to apply it here in a few minutes. It says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you. All right, look at what he says. He says, I won't fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. You shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all of the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from the, left or to, to, uh, from the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't tremble or be dismayed, for your God is with you wherever you go. So listen, the Lord didn't, God didn't say you wouldn't be in a in fearful places, he said, don't fear. God didn't say you wouldn't be in places of dismay, but he said, don't be dismayed, but be strong and courageous. Three times in these verses, God tells them, he says, be strong and courageous. Why? Because they're going to need that to be strong and courageous. There are always obstacles to what God has called us to do. There are always giants. There are always battles to be fought. But God makes this one promise, and it's key. It's key for you, and it's key for me. He says, I won't fail you. He says, I won't fail you. I will never fail you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. We've got to grab a hold of that. I want to tell you that everything that God wants to do, it starts with prayer. We're going into the jail now. We've started going into the jail. The, the women have been going into the jail. But we've prayed, for, we've prayed and prayed and prayed that God would open up a door for us to be able to go and do, jail, do ministry in the jail for the men. It didn't happen. But I want you to know that for probably three years, I've been running. <laughs> if they ever pull up the footage at the jail, <laughs> they're going to wonder, who's this crazy guy who keeps running, who keeps running up our sidewalk? 
because I believe, I claim this scripture that wherever the sole of my foot goes, the Lord's given it to me. And so I'm running down the road and I'm like, well, listen, it's not me. It's, it's not me. I mean, it's really cool to see and I can give you a bucket list of these type of things. But I was running, I'm running up the road and I mean, this is just how I operate. I'm running up the road, you know, there's a road that goes in front of the jail, a little street, and then it's right next to the sidewalk and I'm running up the street and I'm like, oh, I gotta get on the sidewalk because that's their property. <laughs> the road is county property, but the sidewalk is jail property. So here I'm walking, running up the sidewalk of the jail. I just did it, when did I go? Yesterday. I just did it yesterday. I've got a loop. It's a five-mile loop of the city that covers the county seat, city building, city cops, sheriff's department, hospital, and the Board of Education. I'm crazy enough to believe that God wants to do something. And like I said earlier, history is filled with stories of, of history, true stories, is filled with God's intervention in the human life. And I want his intervention in my life. I want it in your life. I want it in our life, in our town. And God has called you to be a part of it. God has called you to be a part of it. And it's birthed in prayer. I'm going to read you a quote. I'm, I'm almost done right now. I'm going to finish up. I'm going to read you this quote. I actually remembered my iPad today. <clears throat> do you believe God wants to do something crazy? But do you really believe that? Then you have to believe that He has strategically placed you where you're at for a reason. If there's, listen, if there's, if there's a nanosecond of randomness to the universe, then God isn't God. If there, if, if there is a nanoparticle of randomness in the universe, then God isn't God. So that means that your life is right where He wants it right now, unless, of course, you are at the wheel driving it where you want it to go, and then I'm not so sure. But if we come to the Lord and we let Him be Lord, then He puts us and He strategically places us where He wants us to be, and you are where He wants you to be. Now I want you to listen to this. Uh, any outpouring of the Spirit has its origin in the heart of God Himself. But while conceived in the Father's love for His people, listen, it is birthed in the burden of believers who experience an overwhelming sense of urgency in prayer. As the familiar saying of Matthew Henry goes, when God desires to do a fresh work, He sets His people to praying. So that means we should be praying, right? A faithful few, listen, a faithful few given to desperate, concerted prayer can provide the spark for a mighty revival. That's what we look for. We look for, for an intervention. And so God has given us a very unique, He's given us a, a unique ability to be able to, to, to go in and pray for places and, and things. And that's what this map is on the wall for. And every one of those little dots, those little stickers, is someone, someone who has said, you know what, I'm believing God for, 
an outpouring, a revival, a move, whatever God, listen, I don't, I don't even want to, who cares what you call it? When God shows up, you can call it what you want to. That's just the way it is. But we expect God to show up. We're asking Him to show up. And so this morning, what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you that if you, are, if you are willing to pray with me for this county, and you haven't, I want you to go and find yourself, find where you live on that map. And if you're not on the map, if you're driving from outside of the county, just go to the direction that you drive from. If you live north of the county, then go north, just stick one north, or north east, northwest, whatever, wherever, south, wherever you're at. We're going to start praying. We're going to, we're going to renew our, our prayer efforts to pray and believe God. This week, I think this week alone, we had, um, we've had three people get saved. Maybe four. There may have been a fourth, but I'm not sure. I haven't asked. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask James. But three people. But listen, I'm not, I don't care about numbers. But we've had three people who legitimately made a decision to follow the Lord, who come to us and said, hey, I want to get saved. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Who, who, who have an encounter with the Lord, who we will jump into their life and disciple. But that's just a drop in the bucket to what we want to see God do. But He's moving. So this morning, if you're willing to, if you're willing to pray and believe God with me, then I'm, we're going we're gonna to do that. And we're going to really start establishing prayer. I believe God wants to do something crazy. I believe Redemption Church needs to be the crazy place where they hope. I believe Redemption Church needs to be the crazy place where they hope. I believe you need to be the crazy place where they hope. You do. And so when you mark, when you mark your, your place on the map, I want you to start, and we'll do it this week, we're going to start praying for our, you're going to start praying for your community. You're going to start praying for the people who live around you. Praying that somehow, some way, in some crazy way, God will show them that He loves them and that they'll experience His presence. Will you guys do that with me? Joshua 1 says this, Be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. I have no idea. We, we have somewhat of a little bit of a revival breaking out in the jail. It's been crazy. God's doing some cool stuff up there. We're praying for more. Stand with me.
Thanks for listening to this awesome message recorded live at Redemption Church here in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information on our church, directions, service times, or other latest happenings, visit our website, crossvilleredemptionchurch.com. Thank you.